gentlemen, welcome to episode 36 of He Book, She Book. I'm Mike. And I'm Becca. And we have another WWE draft in the books. And there is a lot to talk about. Yeah, Monday Night Raw wrapped up the second round of our 2021 WWE draft. We now know where everyone is, where all the people that can go wherever they want, the people that didn't even get drafted for whichever reason. Uh, but let's kick it off with the way they kicked off Raw, which was to make official that Becky Lynch is the first pick for Raw on night two, uh, as is Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Bobby and Becky. It, it was funny, though, because Becky Lynch told us that she was the first pick. It's not like Sonia and Adam came out with their little stands and they were doing their whole thing. Like, Becky Lynch comes out, gets on the mic, and says, I'm the first pick. Surprise, I'm the first pick. And then later they make that official and Bobby Lashley, which is great, and I'm happy Bobby's saying on Raw. Yeah, I, there was a minute that for, like, I think it was, what, a week ago when they did the triple threat match with Bobby and Roman. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was a minute there where I'm like, maybe they'll move Bobby over to SmackDown. But he's just, he's in this too dominant zone. Exactly. To put up against Roman. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't work. They're both too good right now. Yeah, and, and Bobby can do a lot for Big E just by putting Big E over and I mean, we're definitely going to see that match again. But, of course, uh, somebody that didn't get drafted in any round, spoiler, Goldberg is <laughs> yes. the next stop for Raw's first round pick. Yeah. And it's going to be happening at Crown Jewel October 21st, which is a Thursday. Mm-hmm. God only knows what time because it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. Oh, it's going to be so hard. But we will have a bonus episode up eventually. Hopefully we don't have any spoilers until we watch it. There's yeah, there's like no way. There's no, no way that we're not gonna get No, I'm gonna be like sitting on my break at work and spoil something for sure. Yeah. What happened last time? It's gonna be another just and it's a, again, it's a Thursday, so just like we had last time, the next night is SmackDown. Exactly. So whoever you can pretty much bet on whoever's at that show probably won't be on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, that did lead us to one of the greatest SmackDowns of all time. Yeah, when they had ago. those tra- the travel troubles. Yes. That was when great. NXT came in and pretty mm-hmm. much took over. And that's how we discovered Pat McAfee is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Crown Jewel is the next pay-per-view. They keep they have set up a lot of stuff. So many matches we this. have official for Crown Jewel. And, I mean, that also includes uh, the finals of the King of the Ring tournament, the Queen's Crown tournament, but... We have to get to the rest of these picks for the second night of the WWE draft. And for the first round for SmackDown, we have the Usos, which is annoying. Killed our theory. Killed our whole plan of trading the Usos for the New Day so that we can keep the bloodline together and the New Day together. Didn't work that way. Uh, Paul Heyman apparently had to do something to get the Usos, but the Usos were the first pick. So, like, what did Paul really do other than make Brock a free agent? Yeah, it just it, it doesn't it would have been. Yeah, you know, it's it's whatever. The Usos were on SmackDown, which we figured would happen anyway. Yeah, it's just but annoying that we had a better booking for that. Yes, that <laughs> because been... the New Day should be together. Yeah, there's that, and then I mean, you can. God, this. I mean, the tag division on SmackDown is going to be pretty special with yes, what they have now. Yes, I agree now. with that. Um, but and the I just, Usos are an amazing team, so they're only going to make that even better. Yes, and the only issue is that WWE doesn't care about tag teams like that. I know. So 
you know, you have all these people, and we can now put Cesaro and Sheamus back together if we want to reunite the bar. You have um, Hit Row is now on SmackDown. Yes. You have a lot of moving pieces to SmackDown mm-hmm. in that tag division, but it's just a matter of, like, do you actually care to do anything with them? I mean, we'll see. I highly doubt it. They're going to mess something up. They always do. But I have really high hopes for this because they also have all of the trades that we made. Like, Sasha Banks is staying on SmackDown. She is another number one. But we traded out Becky and we're getting Charlotte. So we're going to see the blueprint versus Charlotte. And we've never seen those versions of each other, like, face each other before. So that's going to be pretty cool. Well, yeah, I mean, pretty much all of the four horsewomen. Right, Becky, Bailey, Charlotte, and Sasha. They have all intermingled at some point, but as pretty much completely different characters than what they yes. all are now. Charlotte is still I pretty mean, much just Charlotte. Yes, she's always just going to be Charlotte Flair, the yeah. queen. What a, Actually, what is she now? The uh, She tried to get something over a while ago. What was it, the opportunity? The opportunity, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, we they're all something. It. But, like, yeah. Sasha Banks is and always will be the boss, but she's the blueprint right now. So, like, it, it, we were saying this. The man, of, Becky Lynch. Yes, and big time Bex. Like, we were saying this at, like, Sasha and Becky, we haven't seen those two, and now we're going to kind of do the same thing with Charlotte Flair. Like, Charlotte Flair is, even though she's still Charlotte Flair, she's Charlotte a different Flair. version of herself, though. No. A more improved version, I'd say. She's. I think she's improved. I think they've all improved over the years. But, like, it's almost just like she is pretty much just she's Charlotte She's just Flair. one. And she doesn't need, like, a different act. She doesn't need, like, a different gimmick. She doesn't need a new thing to get over. She's just, she's Charlotte Flair. Um, but you did say Big Time Bex is, like, the new thing for Becky. Yes. <laughs> uh, she's still the man, but she's Big Time Bex now. Mm-hmm. They had the big, that graphic was hilarious. I hated that graphic. Up. I hated it. But yeah, And then you do have Sasha as the blueprint. And somebody that you're not going to hear get drafted was the fourth horsewoman who is currently on the shelf with an injury, is Bailey. She's a free agent. She's a free agent Bailey, right now. Bailey, who dragged SmackDown through the pandemic era, carried that whole brand on her back, doesn't even get drafted. Mm-mm. And, and I'll tell you what, there was a moment, we'll get to it later, there was a moment that happened on SmackDown that at one point I looked at you and I was like, damn, I miss Bailey. And yeah. like... I do too. I, you know, like, I mean, I love just... Bailey, but like this moment, like Bailey, we'll get to it. But she should have been in that moment, and she should have been drafted because she ran the pandemic. She ran all of the Thunderdome, Thunderdome era. She should have been drafted, and she's a free agent. But I think that, that could benefit her because a free agent can go wherever they she please. She can show up wherever she wants. So she could go anywhere, so and it's that'll an be easy fun. way to shoehorn her into whatever exactly. women's championship. Uh, matches you want to yeah when she's recovered and then i mean oscar i don't believe got drafted either she did not i don't think and we haven't yeah i'm going through this here there's just there's certain people that it doesn't make any sense why they didn't get drafted and this probably would have been better suited later on in the show but since we're here elias didn't get drafted either yeah, What's going on with Elias? Well, I think certain things like Elias is we're supposed to be, like, quote-unquote, forgetting about them. Which we talked about. Yes. But so, also, you know, because Elias is dead. So we don't know who his new character is yet, so they are not drafting him yet. So, like, it kind of makes sense, but... Yeah, but, like, this like, would have been a perfect time to debut new Elias. Yeah. Whatever he is. Have him come out and just be like, oh, by the way, we're drafting this guy? Yeah. Because whatever he is now, I just feel like they forgot. 
Honestly. Yeah, they sent them home and they just like forgot to call them. Like, oh back. yeah, like we were going to record these like two videos and then we're going to show them twice over a span of four weeks and then we're not going to show them again for three weeks. We have to like forget about him. So I feel like he'll pop up soon, maybe after Crown Jewel because they're kind of set in like their Crown Jewel stuff. Yeah, I mean none of these changes take place until after Crown Jewel. Yes. Also, uh, but yeah, that that brings us to the next round, which had just <sighs> a confusing round, to be honest. Some of the, yeah, some of the round shit just didn't work for me. <laughs> it it doesn't make it, so in any draft, whatever sport you want to do, right, you're going to take the best people first. Yeah, you'd think. Because then the other team's going to pick, and they're going to pick the best person you'd first. You'd think. Right? Like the best available person, mm -hmm. right? So and don't get me wrong, Seth Rollins. Here. Seth Rollins is the first in the second round. So it makes sense for, for Raw that the next... Seth's a great pick. Yes, Nothing Seth is a Seth. great pick, great for the second round. There is some just chicanery and foolishness yeah, going on with some of these rounds. Because somehow Damian Priest is also in the second round. Yeah, I mean, sure. Also, SmackDown got Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs, yep. which I'm actually thankful for because they get to stay on SmackDown with Pat McAfee. And then they also got Sheamus. Yeah, so just running down through more of these picks, because, like, those are fine picks. Yeah. Whatever. Your next round, Raw selects AJ Styles and Omos. Which they're keeping them together. Great. We, we did not Whatever. know what, what they were going to do with that. And then... Kevin Owens, he's a good third-round pick. Kevin Owens, great third-round pick. Mm -hmm. And SmackDown, in this same third round, yes. Raw just got AJ Styles and Kevin Owens and mm -hmm. Omos. SmackDown gets Shayna Baszler and Zia Lee. Uh-huh. And listen, I am a Shayna Baszler fan. fan. I like Zia Lee. Third round, though? These Shayna Baszler could have been picked in a round, and Zia should have been a like raw talk. Yeah. Or like a the, after show yeah. pick. Um, nothing against either one of them, but then like you have Street Profits and Finn Balor. In fourth. So you're going to tell me that Finn Balor and the Street Profits should go in the same round as the Viking Raiders and Ricochet. How did Raw pick him fourth but think about think about raw like in this sense if you're picking for raw the same round that smackdown got the viking raiders and ricochet you got finn balor and the street profits i don't know why finn and damian priest weren't flopped finn is a second round pick at most it doesn't like yeah some of this stuff was just like what what order are we going in like what like, for what reason is Zia Lee going before Finn Balor and the Street Profits yeah when when they said his name my jaw dropped I was like fourth I thought at well, that we point we forgot we're just like okay well, I guess he's at like, that point I thought he was just gonna be a free agent yeah. I was like oh they're gonna just let him go from from wherever to wherever but instead they were like no we're still gonna draft this guy just middle of the the draft Zia Lee I, listen, I'm a fan of her I think she's interesting at least. Shocked. Um, I, she was definitely a, a really random call-up mm -hmm. to me. But, I mean, she's going before <laughs> Karrion Cross, which was your next round, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and Alexa Bliss, drafted to Raw. Humberto Korean Angel Garza and Cesaro. Again, go to how Smackdown. do you put Cesaro in the fifth round? Cesaro could have been in the fourth round. Finn could have been in the second round. Damian Priest could have moved down. I'm totally biased. This is how I would have picked them. But Zia Lee is yeah. is a, a uncommon denominator it's there. It's just all of some of these orders are just asinine. Like Ricochet, as great as he is, he has he has done nothing. Not recently. But he goes in the same round as Finn Balor, who's mm -hmm. done everything. And the street profits who are doing of so much. 
he goes ahead of like Alexa Bliss. It just, it, some of these orders are are just really bizarre. And then the sixth round, maybe the most bizarre of all, because Carmella gets drafted by Raw and Gable Stevenson, mm-hmm. who is an Olympic gold medalist this past Olympics, uh, just signed with WWE. Big signing. A huge you know, signing. You don't come across Olympic gold medalists every day, and when you do, they're Kurt Angle. Exactly. And it's very, very early to have him even drafted. Because he yeah. hasn't even... He's still going to college. I'm surprised that this wasn't a Raw Talk draft. Well, it's just... It's one of those, like, you could announce that later on, like, ESPN or something. Yeah. And try to make it, like, a big deal. It was just very weird because he has only recently signed. He has no real, like, professional wrestling training. Mm-hmm. Obviously a great, tremendous, like, freestyle wrestler. But it is not the same. And for him to automatically just now be drafted... I feel like we're going to have to forget about him, which is weird that we did this anyway. Yeah. Because he's not, we're not going to see him for at least a year. Yeah. It's just, it's a very early, very weird pick. Um, And then in the same round, obviously Carmella, which is hilarious. Uh, And then Ridge Holland. From NXT. From NXT, who's Pete Dunn's boy. Mm Mm-hmm. And Sami Zayn, who was the last pick of the draft. Could you imagine, though, if Sami Zayn was not picked at all? The fact that he was last pick is so disrespectful. I'd rather him, I'd rather him have not been drafted. If they had not drafted him, the conspiracies that this man would have spewed. I'm he honestly, should be anyway. Even at the last, last pick, pick? Oh at my the last God. pick, like there were people that were drafted on Raw with Talk with Ridge Holland, <laughs> right? Now for Raw on Raw Talk, we got Dana Brooke, Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, Jackson Riker, Riker Veer, Liv Morgan, Tamina. Mia Yim, who we have not seen in a while, Tegan Knox, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander. Oh, and The Miz. So technically, The Miz was the last pick. And then on SmackDown, we had Shotzi, Natalia, Shanky, and Jinder. So if the if Sammy was picked on Raw Talk, there would have been a little bit of conspiracy there. If he was a free agent, there would have been way more conspiracy. Would have been hilarious. The last pick of the draft. I can't wait to see what this man spews with that. So, yeah. Sammy also did wrestle on SmackDown, which we'll get to later. Didn't really make too much of, like, a fuss. He did make a little bit of a fuss on Twitter mm-hmm. about being the last pick. Um, but but that was just, also before Raw Talk happened. Like, going through, because we're not going to talk much about the fact that some of these picks are just whatever. Um, yeah. But they, they split up so many groups it's insane to me. So you you not only split up the longest like together group in the history of this company, which is the New Day. Yeah. No and group no group has been together longer than these three people even though you've tried to separate them they, numerous times. I was just going to say that. They even though they're not on the same roster, they all three of them still refer to each other as the New Day. They are the like new day. they're the yeah. New Day even though Big E is currently on a different roster and he should not be. They should all be on Raw together. They're still all the New Day, and they'll still, you know, sometimes wear their matching gear, and they'll come out together, and they'll do their thing together, and they're all still perfect. I'm annoyed. Everybody in the WWE universe is annoyed by this. We want the New Day together. They separated them. They also separated Natty and Tamina. Good. Honestly. Yes, maybe they'll fall out of the spotlight so a little bit. So sick of seeing these two together. Mm-hmm. I love Natalia. She's fantastic. Tamina is Tamina. There's nobody Mina. But... <laughs> I just, yeah, we, we that's a fine tag team that I'm fine with, like, getting rid of. But you also got rid of Shotzi and Tegan Knox, 
who got her last name back, by the way. Yes. Which you're all welcome because I refused to acknowledge the fact that she mm-hmm. lost it in the first place. But uh, they beat Natty and Tamina, what, three times? For a championship opportunity that they never got. No, and then they got separated. And now they're separated. So great. Mason T-Bar uh, are now separated. And you know what's which funny? Which is bizarre to me. When I found out that they were getting separated, like when I realized that, I... Because I think one of them was drafted, if not both of them, were drafted on like Talking Smack and Raw Talk, not like on the yes. main draft. So when I finally saw that they were drafted apart... I was like, oh, maybe we'll get their actual names back. Like, maybe nope. we'll get rid of these garbage names. Dominic Dajakovic needs to do that ASAP. Yeah. But Which one is he? T-Bar. Yeah, well, we learned that they don't keep their name on SmackDown. I think it was where Mace shows up, and he's still Mace. Yeah, because we're just not apparently going to change anything about these two. There's going to be... Other than separating them. Yeah, so I don't know what good that does for anyone, but okay. And then we also separated Veer, Shanky, and Jinder. Now, two of them are together, but the other two are not. So we have Shanky and Jinder still together and on SmackDown, and Veer is on Raw. So, Veer? I'm going to veer off onto oh, no, a tangent. Not. No, yeah. you did not. So, here's, here's the deal with Veer, mm-hmm. okay? Who is now going to be by himself on Raw. Yes. Veer is... 33 years old, mm-hmm. okay, from India. He was on this reality show called The Million Dollar Arm in 2008, okay, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Basically about finding a random person in India with no experience playing baseball to see if they could throw a baseball really fast, like a major league pitcher, okay? And the winner of this show would win, like, a million dollars and get to train with, like, the Pittsburgh Pirates in the MLB. Veer won that show. So, so random. And played in the, played Major League Baseball for, like, a little bit, I think more minor leagues, Mm -hmm. but still. Uh, And then now he's in WWE. Yeah, so that makes sense. One of the most random stories of, like, oh, how'd you get here that I've ever seen. Uh, Yeah, because usually it's, like, football, or they wrestled before. Well, somebody caught it that, like, his finishing move is basically, like, a baseball pitch where he kind of just throws his hand at you. Huh. And, like, it's kind of just, it's very interesting now knowing that backstory. Yeah, knowing that information, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to catch that next time. Like, because now you're putting him on his own. Yeah. So there's got to be a reason for, like, you know, why are you putting this guy by himself when he was just with Ginger and Shanky and you moved Ginger and Shanky to the other show? Yeah, if anything, you thought like I thought that they would have kept Veer and Shanky together and moved Ginger away from them. Yes. But they, like, are Ginger and Shanky going to stay together? Can we change Shanky's name? I hate saying it. It's He's basically, I guess, just going to be a bodyguard at this point. Yeah, but I, at that point, separate all of them? That? I don't know. Yeah, very, know. very odd. But we also swapped the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championships. So, or champions, not the championships. So, the current SmackDown champion is Becky Lynch. She got drafted to Raw. And the current Raw champion, Charlotte Flair, got drafted to SmackDown. So, are we going to just do a title exchange? Well, we did that. A couple years ago with yeah. the New Day and the Street Profits. They uh-huh. just handed each other the title. Love that. They were technically new reigns. Mm-hmm. So, if that is the case this time, 
you are now adding another title championship reign to Charlotte Flair, putting her at 16. Oh, they can't do it that way. So that's the issue, because now it's it's a matter of, okay, does she drop the title beforehand? Well, Charlotte, I don't know. Does Charlotte have a match lined up for Crown Jewel? Uh, because I know Becky does, because it's going to be Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. So she could easily drop that title to Becky, or I'm sorry, not Becky. Becky could drop it to Bianca or Sasha and then go to Raw. But I don't know if, I mean, we still have two Raws before Crown Jewel. So there is a chance that Charlotte could drop it could either have a match created for Crown Jewel or drop it before Crown Jewel or at Crown Jewel. I think we're just going to do an exchange, honestly. I don't think either one is going to lose. Like, Charlotte doesn't even have anything going on, really, with anyone. She did have a feud with Alexa that is now over because Alexa's just gone now. And, like, she's just kind of showed up and she's kind of just involved herself in, like, the Bianca-Sasha mess, but not really. Yeah, and then, like I said, how Becky, Bianca, and Sasha had this match lined up for Crown Jewel, but both Becky and Bianca were first-round picks to Raw. So really, they could only she could only drop this title to Sasha in order, like Becky would, in order to drop the SmackDown title and head over to Raw. But then we wouldn't have anybody for Charlotte to drop the title to, so an exchange would be the only thing that would make sense, but then again, like, the exchange would only make sense if Becky or Bianca wins at Crown Jewel. I don't know. Like, it, that's a mess that I don't think that they figured out yet, which is probably why they waited three weeks to put these things into place. Yeah, I mean, that definitely wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, but also, Eva Marie didn't get drafted. Eva Marie so did not get drafted. That was weird. Bailey didn't get drafted. Elias and Brock Lesnar, who apparently, thanks to Paul Heyman, is a free agent and can do whatever the fuck he wants, as if he couldn't do whatever he wanted without Paul Heyman. But also, one last thing about somebody getting drafted is Carmella, because Carmella was drafted to Raw. And I need to point out that Corey Graves was hella biased towards this draft pick. Well, of course. Of course he was. But even, uh, oh no, what is his name? Uh, Corey's Byron yeah Byron hate the guy forgot his name he was even like mad at Corey for being biased as if that's not a given that's well, his course. like basically wife I don't know what they are right now but they're together well I don't think they've ever talked about it on like WWE television no because there was but, a lot there's a lot of dirty water with that so well, yeah, yeah we'll just we'll leave that um but yeah I mean that was basically your draft um a lot of just weird movement, a lot of movement in general, obviously. But again, nothing matters until after Crown Jewel. Yeah. None of this goes into place until then. But we might as well get right into Raw. I already said this. Becky Lynch opened the show saying that, you know, she's the SmackDown Women's Champ and she opened Raw saying, I'm jumping the gun. I'm the first round pick. I never lost the Raw Women's Championship. She's ready to be Becky Two Belts again. So am I ready for it. Give her both titles back. That's how we can transition her back to Raw. I'm here for it. Well, of course, Charlotte comes out. She she's disagrees. not happy. She's she not here think for that it. should be the case. She and, starts disrespecting Bianca, which has been. Yeah, because now Bianca came out with too. With Charlotte, yeah. And basically, Becky is just going to stir the pot. Love it. Trying to get Charlotte and Bianca to fight. It works out. Works out perfect. Because Adam and Sonya come out and say that you're now going to fight. 
So mm-hmm. everything works out for big time Vex. And we end up getting Bianca Belair versus Charlotte for the first time ever. And it, of course, ends in a DQ because Becky interferes. Of course. And you can't have somebody on the commentary who's not going to interfere in the match or immediately after the match ends. And Becky did not let this match have an ending. She did This match couldn't this. have an ending. No. There no. was no way for either person to lose this match. Mm-mm. It was a good call to just get out of it. Yep. Becky calls the DQ. Sasha Banks comes out, and it is a full-on brawl between Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, Bianca, and this is what I was talking about. I missed Bailey. Bianca and Bailey, like, Bianca was was a placeholder for Bailey, but that should have been the four horsewomen fighting it out in the ring, and it wasn't. It was three of the four plus Bianca, and it just made me miss Bailey. Yeah, she's just she's missing out on all the fun. Yeah. Um, but then we had also some more fun later on in the New Day. Kofi and Xavier come out. They beat the Hurt Business, which is now back together yeah. again. Cedric and Shelton. Cool. Yeah, and then the Street Profits come out and congratulate them. Like, they come out and just, like, do their dance and victory, and they hang out with them. And I love it so much, the energy that these guys bring. And I can't wait to see, like, how Hit Row plays into, like, the because I think that the tag teams that are, like, three people always have more fun. In general, because there's so much more going on. And now you have Hit Row coming up with four people in it. And it, they're just going to add to the, the tag team beautifulness that is, for some reason, they don't use it as well as it should be. But the tag team division is perfect. Yeah, and then the last piece of the New Day, which is no longer with the New Day, Big E, comes out. And he has some unfinished business from last week. Drew McIntyre decided to make his presence known with his big old sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and Biggie decides he wants to pretty much make it official. That if we're going to do this thing, we're going to do this thing. He calls out Drew, and we're going to do Drew McIntyre and Biggie at Crown Jewel for the WWE Championship, but not before Dolph Ziggler has to remind both guys that if not for him, they are nothing. This was so funny. And the guy that. brought evidence. Oh, it was perfect. When Dolph came out, with Bobby Roode, I was like, why is Dolph here? Why is he always putting his nose in other people's business? Like, I also love Dolph Ziggler. I love that he serves the pot. I love that he's just like an asshole. Like, I, just, I know that a lot of wrestling fans are not a fan of Dolph. I am. He's our little Dolphy poo, and Dolph. I love him. Yeah. But when he comes out and he's like, uh, you should be thanking me. Like, if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't be where he is. Uh, who even knows? Xavier Woods wouldn't even be born. Like, Hilarious. all of this stuff. Like, me. he's just doing so well. And then he just shows proof. He has the old videos of when Big E was Dolph Ziggler's bodyguard. Mm-hmm. And, and when Drew McIntyre exactly, was Dolph Ziggler's bodyguard. Exactly. So he just goes in and starts showing people and he's like, you wouldn't even turn to Drew. You wouldn't even be back in the WWE if it wasn't for me. And again, shows these videos, shows proof. And then Drew did hit him with the like, oh, it looks like you're really upgraded. And because Bobby yeah. Roode's like his bodyguard, well, it's his partner, but still. Big time Bob. Ugh, so, so good. This turns into the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, versus Drew McIntyre and Big E. Of course it does. And then, of course, Drew and Big E win because, duh. And then Drew, actually, Big E ends up protecting Drew at the end of this. That match is going to be good. Yeah. Um, I expect Big E to win. Me too. I think it's, a, it's a great win to start this runoff oh my um, god i can't imagine he loses to drew and we start the drew process all over again well he can't lose to drew because drew's going to smackdown 
and you're not going to have both right. titles on right. SmackDown. So there's no way. Right, you I forgot about that. Title. Good. Uh, and then we have like the uh, the segment we talked about earlier, the mm-hmm. Usos and Paul Heyman, because the Usos are back on SmackDown. Yes. Paul Heyman. His, but remember, they had to come anxiety, to a role. Yeah. To make sure that they were being put on SmackDown. And when they announced that the Usos were drafted, the greatest weight has ever that has ever been lifted was lifted off of Paul Heyman's shoulders. Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to, like, pass out because he was just like, oh, yes. thank God. And then interviewer, a guy named Paul, right, uh, comes out. <laughs> I don't think his name was Paul. I think he interviewed Paul. Well, whatever whatever this guy's <laughs> name is, Kevin, John, whatever. <laughs> My note on this literally says not Kayla. Can you tell who we love? Yeah. And <laughs> Paul Heyman says that you're prettier than Kayla. Disagree. Rude. And the guy just... Outward says, uh, how is it that you maintain Brock as a free agent? Uh, and the Usos were ready to murder Paul. Oh, yeah, man. When they tra- Like, if looks could kill, Paul would have dropped dead See, this right is what there. you get, Paul. You, you try all this nonsense with Kayla for weeks. Mm-hmm. And then you come on this brand, and this guy almost gets you killed. Kayla, yeah. Kayla never once almost got Paul Heyman killed. She's done nothing but be nice to yeah. this man. Um, and this Kevin, is what you get. Kevin Patrick. That's the interviewer's name. So John <laughs> interviewed Paul. <laughs> And then uh, Goldberg announces that he's he's here to have a face to face with Bobby Lashley because mm-hmm. uh, last week he talked about how he, how he was going to murder Bobby Lashley. Yeah, very. Okay, he wanted to kill him. And Goldberg is out here. He wants to kill Bobby Lashley. We get it. And then the Us- the no, I'm sorry, the Hurt Business comes out and attacks Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Okay, because Bobby says something along the lines of, "The only reason I hurt your son." Was because he attacked me. Like, what yeah. would you do if people attacked you? And that's when the Hurt Business comes in, mm-hmm. attacks Goldberg. And guess what Goldberg does? He attacks those people that were attacking him, proving Bobby Lashley's point that oh he did God. nothing wrong when he killed Gageberg. And this is over. He did Case is closed. We don't have child. to go to Saudi Arabia. Keep Goldberg at home. <laughs> Listen, the kid Listen, the last shouldn't time, have jumped on Bobby Lashley. And the last time Goldberg was in Saudi Arabia, he gave himself a concussion. So I'm, like, genuinely worried about this man going again. Just a little bit of, like... You know, it, he doesn't have a good track record. Yeah, like, Bobby Lashley needs to leave Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, but instead we're doing a no-holds-barred match. Sure. So that should be interesting, because, you know, he's going to kill him. He's not next, he's dead, according the, to Bobby. The last thing I Goldberg. really want to talk about, I think, on Raw, um, we did have a pretty decent, like, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza are an interesting tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of reasons, one because like their names are the same, they're both yeah, they're, they're real life names is are very, the same. Like that was a real. Uh, if you get Wikipedia, Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, it's yeah, very because they're like cousins. Because they are I legit. Think. Cousins, yeah, they're legit yeah. cousins, and they have basically the same name. And it was probably a good like hour of us just like deep diving into their lives. Yeah, like they're both super talented, yeah. super young, and I think can be like great in different. Um, I mean, not necessarily as a tag team, but like I think I, I think al- they're a good I've, tag team though. I've always liked Angel Garza, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think that they're going to be something to look out for. But my favorite segment, I think, of the week was Jeff Hardy comes out. Yes, him and Damian Priest have a match for the U.S. Championship, and Damian Priest wins, and the crowd boos because the bo- the crowd wanted Yo, Jeff, and they really had us for a minute. Like yeah. we really thought that they were going to give it to Jeff us. Jeff lost and by a roll up. So stupid. After he hits his own finish. So stupid. And the crowd clearly wanted Jeff. The crowd starts to boo because they wanted Jeff to win. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to interview Jeff Hardy. Yes. And then out comes. Oh, I'm sorry. Not to jump the gun or anything, 
but they're asking Jeff like how the transition to going to SmackDown's going to be. Right? And Jeff says they're gonna see a different side of Jeff Hardy. Whatever that means. Mm-hmm. A different ego of Jeff Hardy. Whatever we- that means. I don't know what that means. Music hits and our boy, Austin Theory, the son of Papa John, <laughs> comes down to the ring. He's so excited because he got drafted to Monday Night Raw. And now he's standing in the ring with his idol, Jeff Hardy. Yeah, dreams do come true. Dreams come true, Austin. He chased those dreams, yeah. and then he takes. He wants to take a selfie. Yeah, obviously. he literally said, "I don't mean to fanboy, but can we take a selfie?" And they and do. Jeff it's obliges, a beautiful like selfie. The great man that he is. And then Austin Theory gives Jeff Hardy the business. Yeah, he does. And then he takes another selfie. And then he takes a selfie with the dead body. It's on our at HeBookSheBook on Instagram. And oh, it, it was is, perfect. And I love Jeff Hardy. This was just a perfect moment. I loved this segment. It, it was, was so good. good. He literally, when he, when Austin Theory came out and he was like doing this whole fanboy thing with the phone and, yes, and we knew like what happy, he was go doing. Lucky, happy and, to be here. Yes. And love we were it. like, okay, they're going to kind of keep the same character with him where he's just kind of like yes. this silly, stupid kid. Which and I like, feared that they were going to make him too stupid. Yes. Yes. And then he did this turn which made him look more like johnny gargano which is a very positive thing like father like son oh it was perfect it was perfect and i cannot wait to see what else he does and who they line him up with on yeah, raw austin theory is like 24 years old it's like insane how young he is and how good he already is mm-hmm. and that was one of my favorite picks for raw because like we've been waiting for austin theory to get called up forever like, forever he, there's something with that kid that i think he's going to be special and obviously coming from NXT, which is where we're going to move on now. Mm-hmm. Because NXT had Mandy Rose versus Ember Moon. And you know what's confusing about this? Ember Moon, two, maybe three weeks ago, lost a match, said, when I come back, I'm going to be different and blah, blah, blah. And we were like, all right, we're not going to see Ember for a minute because she has to go away. And then yes. she has to come back. And that's been two-ish weeks. Mm-hmm. And she came back and she lost to Mandy Rose. Clean, right in the middle of the ring. Right in the middle of the ring. Just Clean. lost. Like, it doesn't make any sense what they just did with that. But it looks like they are lining Mandy up to maybe have a championship run. And I'm here for it. I really do like Toxic Attraction, this little thing that she's created. But, I mean, we'll see where that goes. I think this is a good idea in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. One, Ember, I'm sorry. I know you're a big fan of Ember. I am a big fan of Ember. I just don't see it. Um, she's like she's not bad like in the ring at all. There's no. like there's nothing that connects. Like there's no reason for me well, to. Well, I think that's why she went from NXT to the main roster and then back to NXT. Like there, she has a little bit of a following in NXT. Where when she went to the main roster, that following didn't necessarily follow her, and then she no, wasn't able to build up a big enough following on the main roster. They bring her back down to NXT, but at this point, there's so many different characters on nxt that like she's not competitive enough i'd say but i do love her there's just something that doesn't quite connect and i don't know if it's me or if it's just like because we've been given no reason to care she never really wins these she doesn't win and it makes it harder to Mm -hmm. um she has a really dope finish that i honestly wish she would stop doing because she's not going to walk well later in life if she keeps doing it Uh, but yeah mandy gets the clean win over her and, I mean, we're obviously setting up for Mandy versus Raquel Gonzalez. Exactly. And I think um, I think it's insane that Zia Lee got picked and Raquel Gonzalez wouldn't get picked in the draft. But that's just yeah. me. 
Uh, I think there's a lot of women in NXT that would have been drafted. I was and like very Aaliyah surprised. got drafted too, which was fine. Mm-hmm. It's just, again, some of these weird ones, but I think... I was very surprised by most of the NXT, NXT call-ups. Yes. I thought they would have been a little different. Like, all of Hit Row blew me the fuck away. I did not see that coming I at all. I did not see that coming at all. I thought Zia Lee would have been a Raw Talk or Talking Smack call-up. I didn't think she was going to be drafted. There were I, – I was surprised by Raquel, by Raquel not getting called up. I was surprised by a few of them not getting called up. But, I mean, I guess it's because they need to keep NXT – even though they're changing a lot of things in NXT, they need to keep a lot of their people still in NXT, so they can't do a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, NXT has a lot of guys that – like, they're doing these weird vignettes again where, like, everyone has a character. Mm-hmm. Like, the Tony D'Angelo made his debut. He's, like, the – the gangster soprano guy, right? You had, um, what the hell was his name? Duke something. He's like the poker player now. You, like they're like they're just doing these weird gimmicky yeah. like. This is part of NXT 2.0. Yeah, this is not better. Mm-mm. This is not better by no. any means. Um, Roderick Strong is still fantastic with Diamond Mine. I like that a lot. Um, Joe Gacy is very interesting. Mm-hmm. This like psycho gimmick that he's doing with like the safe space. Um, Cora Jade. Made her debut. Yeah. She's like 20 years old, the youngest NXT superstar ever. Gets a surprise roll-up victory over Frankie Monet. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, I feel like they already said Generation of Jade. So, I feel like they're kind of... Uh, yeah, so we're doing something with that. Yeah, I feel like we're going to be pushing this girl. And I mm-hmm. don't... We've had a couple vignettes with her and, like, promos, like, the past couple weeks. Her boyfriend came out. I forget his name. Uh, but, yeah, there's just something weird. Like, NXT 2.0 isn't clicking yet. No. The only thing that really clicks for me is, like, Raquel Gonzalez is just a dominant champion. And you're lining up now, because Toxic Attraction was beating up Raquel Gonzalez later in the night, and out come Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, and they're basically going to save Raquel Gonzalez. So this is what I want to set up, right? I want Toxic Attraction Mm -hmm. with Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jade Mm -hmm. to go against... Raquel Gonzalez and Zoe Stark and Io Shirai for everything. Tag titles yeah, all on or the nothing. line. Ch- women's championship on the line. That way we can get Raquel and Io and Zoe Stark out of here and maybe up on the main roster and let this toxic attraction thing run its course. Yeah, we might as well. What else is the point of bringing Mandy back down to NXT if you're not going to put the gold on her and make her something in the spotlight? Exactly, and it's another... We've talked about Raquel Gonzalez's reign has been great because they keep giving her great opponents, mm-hmm. right? Mandy Rose is fine in the ring. I think she's better than she ever gets credit for, but she's not going to be an opponent that brings a lot out of Raquel. Yeah. So I feel like this is the perfect time, honestly, to have her just to have Raquel just lose. Yeah. Even An all-or-nothing like, match would be perfect. Like even if it's like just Mandy has to cheat to win, whatever. But I I think that's the route we go because Io and and Zoe Stark are just are drowning. Yeah. In NXT 2.0, they've done nothing. Io Shirai is way too good and way too, like, just entertaining to just be doing nothing. It's so weird that she's not on the main roster or it drafted. It is, and she's been, this, she's been women tag team with Zoe Stark, who, like... It's so weird. I don't know, but that that was NXT. 
We also had Champa on NXT. He addressed the universe. This is the first time we've seen him since he oh, won. Yeah. And he came out and said that Halloween Havoc is returning on Tuesday, October 26th, which I'm super excited about because Halloween Havoc is Havoc and it's a lot of fun. And then he also said, who's going to come out and go against me? Who's going to be next? And Braun Breaker is going to be next. Of course it is. Yeah, which we had that lining up. We knew that was going to happen. It's going to be a banger of a match and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and Rick Steiner's son. Uh, eventually, they'll just get it. They'll just stop with this. Yeah, Braun you Breaker think they'll bullshit. just call him a signer? Just do it because like, they, they keep, keep making hinting illusions. at it. Yeah, yeah it's very they did annoying. It again this week, the guy, the announcer said, "Holler if you hear me," and like that was Scott Steiner's thing. Like you keep making these Steiner references. Mm-hmm. Just acknowledge that it's a Steiner. Yeah. And um, oh, and Beth Phoenix referenced uh, Seth Rollins breaking into their did. house. Yeah. I'm mad that she wasn't like I would just kill that bro and said she was yeah. like Adam handled it because well he did but. Beth is not scared of Seth. There's It rhymes because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> She's not scared of him, and that's all I have to say over that. I'm going to make can... one more NXT point right. in regards to the draft. LA Knight did not get drafted. I'm shocked by that I as well. I was genuinely surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did have a match with Odyssey Jones. He wins because Andre Chase helps. But, yeah, I just feel like this guy is way better off on the main roster, especially with the Miz gone, mm-hmm. he easily fills that void. Yeah. And I don't know what they're going to do with him in NXT. I feel like he's already had a he's decent little like mini run. He's kind of like out of place in NXT he right does. now. He does. Yeah. He feels out of place. He's already had this little mini run where like he was never really in contention for the world championship, but you don't need to be. Yeah. Like he can just move on. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's nothing else down there for him. And I think he would just be a perfect guy to just bring up. Uh, but, that will bring us to SmackDown, which was opened by Bianca and Sasha and Becky, all at their own tables. They all had their own tables. One on the ramp, one in the ring, and then, well, Sasha was kind of just standing on the announcement table, but that's her table now. It's hers. She and didn't have it. This was just a, a back and forth uh, with all the women. Yeah, with- why each one thought they were the best, and it was a good promo overall. Yeah, it, was it was a great promo. I'm excited for the match. Yeah. I think it'll be great. Bianca put both Becky and... And Sasha yeah. through a table. So that's what I want to talk about because this shit was wild. Yeah. So Bianca's Bianca Belair, like so so strong, so strong. So she gets up, Becky mm-hmm. for the KO day, and she also at the same time mm-hmm. gets Sasha up. She's she gets so both of these women on her shoulders and flips them onto the table, and it was one of the coolest spots that I've seen. Regardless, men's or women's division all year. Mm-hmm. It was so flawless. It didn't look necessarily even hard for her. No, even when Sasha and it was just like fucking cool. Sasha like fell off at one point, and like she still just was like, "I'm not yeah, whatever." Like this. I'm still, yeah. I still got this. Like, stay and up just, there, guys. Just yeah, and like just put them, put them through this table, and it was just flawless. It was perfect, and it made me realize that I will not be mad at any winner here. No, it, it's it's really just a toss up. Yeah, any of them will do. Any of them will be great champions. And like Becky Lynch is my girl. I love her, and I always want her to win. It kind of falls under the same like rules that I have with Randy Orton and Sami Zayn, where if they're in the match, I'm going to pick them to win. And and Becky falls under that as well. And when we pick when we do our picks for this, I will most likely write Becky on my paper. But if Bianca wins, wouldn't be bad. Sasha wins, wouldn't be mad. I'm not going to be mad with any of these. Uh, Something else that I am 
not mad about was Naomi's backstage promo this week when she comes up to Adam and Sonia saying how she's ready to go to Raw if they're not going to put her in a match. She's yeah, over she, it. She was not put in the Queen's Crown tournament. Nope. So she's pissed. She and brings that Sonya, grievance up. Sonia was really rude when she got drafted to SmackDown. She was. So put me on Raw if you're not going to use me. And Sonia returns with saying, well, you do have a match next week on SmackDown. And it's against me. Interesting. I'm happy about it. We so, haven't seen Sonya wrestle in a long time. Yeah, and we're also going to get uh, Sasha versus Becky on this coming SmackDown. Because this coming SmackDown, guys, is two and a half hours. Yeah. It is a super SmackDown. As if the we last need half more hour, time to, yeah. to fill in WWE on a week. The last half hour of this show will not have commercials. Mm-mm. So, so while, we're right into AEW. while Rampage is going on, mm-hmm. SmackDown will be having its main event uninterrupted by commercials. Yeah. Interesting, interesting move. Smart. Uh, I'm down for it, obviously. Yeah. It's going to be great. But something about this backstage segment with Sonya and Naomi, um, it just like lit off this light bulb of there's this void of... Each brand is supposed to be its own thing, right? Mm-hmm. And we have this draft where each brand is its own thing. Neither brand is controlled by an individual person. There is no general manager of Raw. There is mm-hmm. no general manager of SmackDown. You just have WWE officials, Adam Pierce and Sony Deville, and- on both shows. So when Naomi comes in and says, trade me to Raw, who fucking makes that trade? What, are they going to trade amongst themselves? Yeah, well, I feel like they would just, like, talk about it and go from there. It doesn't but make any sense. I thought... Who made these picks? I thought a while ago when Sonia and Adam were having their beef... Yes, this ...and, like, would have their been power perfect. struggle... That There's no reason why they that, didn't do that this. it should have been turned into make one a GM of one and one a GM of the other, and then that would fall into role with the the draft. And they didn't do that, so And they could have done this a week prior to yeah. the draft, been like, you know what? You're Raw, you're SmackDown, whatever. Yeah, we could have brought the McMahon kids back. It was just, it, it made this. it seem Something. like, so I guess it was just Fox executives and USA executives that were making these picks, yeah. which makes it even more ridiculous, mm-hmm. I guess. But like, it's just a small thing of, if there's no authority figure on either show, you just have two authority figures f- just covering both, like, how can you make trades? How can you really be competitive? Because while you're, like, the, the they're your matchmakers. Yeah. So Adam and Sonya make the matches for SmackDown and Raw, but why would they want to book one stronger than the other? There's no reason to. So there's no competition, actually. I wonder if over the next few weeks something's going to come up like that and then they're going to have to bring in a GM or something. Maybe for Survivor Series would be a great time yeah. to do that. Yeah. But there's just, there's that... Well, we got to keep in mind that this does not go into place for yes. another three weeks. So we have three weeks of things to get all of the kinks to be ironed out. Yeah, and like there was a time when the authority figure role was played out. Mm-hmm. They did it too much because it was always like the heel authority figure or whatever. Yeah. And like like Paige proved you could be a face authority figure mm-hmm. and it worked when Paige was like the GM of SmackDown. Oh, bring her back. Like, Bring her and Samoa Joe can be our our GMs. I don't, there's just there's an authority figure missing, and it's just it, it was highlighted to me in that segment. Yeah, but you know reason. what we do have? We basically have a mob boss and Roman Reigns on SmackDown, so there's that. Well, yeah, he apparently just runs this shit anyway. It's for real because Roman and the Usos and Paul Heyman all come out and 
Roman makes Paul talk to Brock through the camera and Paul gets on the mic and he looks right at the camera and he's telling Brock Lesnar that he's going to lose to Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. And like, I will not believe that Paul Heyman is not working for Brock Lesnar until Paul Heyman physically attacks Brock Lesnar. And until then, Paul Heyman is still working for Brock Lesnar in my mind. Well, that's the thing that Paul tried to get across in his promo was like, he, he kept telling Roman, you don't think I'm stupid, right? Like, I'm the wise man. You picked mm-hmm. me as your wise man for a reason because you're smart and you know I'm smart. Mm-hmm. It would be very stupid of me to go against you and go with Brock. You're better than Brock. But, like, nothing that Paul Heyman says, of course, you're going to believe. No. And that's the whole point. I absolutely believe that he had everything to do with Brock Lesnar coming back yes. and challenging Roman Reigns. Why? I don't know. Yeah, we'll, and he we probably will find ta- that out later. He probably called Brock right before that promo. And was like, "I'm gonna say some shit that I don't mean to confuse this man." Could and, be, you know, could he's be working that Paul for Brock. is serious about his no. love for Roman, and it's just gonna come back to bite him that like Roman, like maybe it's just a boy who cried wolf scenario where Paul Heyman has lied for decades and nobody believed him, and the one time he's telling the truth, nobody believes him either. I hope Roman turns on Paul, and then Paul's just left there like a lost puppy. And then like, Brock it's sad, takes him but, like, in and carries him home in the rain and gives him some food No, I hope Brock also leaves him, and Paul Heyman can go backstage and be backstage and do his backstage thing. That's sad. He don't need to be here. <laughs> he can be an authority figure. Uh, he can be a GM. There we go. And, I mean, another person that makes matches is Edge. Yeah. Because <laughs> anytime Edge comes in with a match idea... On air, yeah, it it's just happens. Just, it, it happens that moment, that mm-hmm. exact moment. It happens, and uh, tonight is no different. On SmackDown, Edge challenges Seth Rollins to a match at Hell in a Cell. I'm sorry, inside Hell in a Cell. Yes. Uh, and I guess this match happens at Crown Jewel. I don't think they said where, but yeah, I'm assuming it was said, Crown Jewel. He just said Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't say like a date or a pay per view, but that is the next. I guess that is that is the last in this trilogy. Yes. And it is just perfect. This is the point of having a Hell in a Cell for too long. It's just been like, oh, we'll just put these people in a Hell in a Cell just for the sake of it. No, this is perfect because you they have this. You do it to end a feud, yes. a personal feud, a feud mm-hmm. that was made personal last week by Seth Rollins, who did nothing wrong, if you ask Seth Rollins. And, yeah, we're getting these two inside a Hell in a Cell, and it's going to bang. It's going to be fantastic. I'm sure they'll probably blow the finish somehow because... Yeah, right. They usually do. And just like they'll probably blow the finish to the King of the Ring tournament, which we had round one of throughout this night. So the winners of round one advanced to the semifinals. We had Rey Mysterio versus Sami Zayn. And the whole time this match is happening, I'm ready to get up and get food and do whatever because I'm sitting here going, well, Ray's going to win this. Sammy's not going to Saudi Arabia. So why would Sammy win this? I know. It's like such a fun, Sammy fucking wins this. Yeah. And I'm like, what is happening here? And then he goes and he puts the robe on. He puts the crown on. And that's bad luck. So he's definitely not going to win the semifinals. We know he's not going to win the semifinals anyway because he's not going to Saudi Arabia. And we know that. He's he's been very, very vocal about that. And he's not going to go. And that's fine. We also had Cesaro versus Finn Balor. And Finn Balor got this win, which makes me nervous that we're going to do, you know, turn... Prince Finn to King Finn, which would be fine if Xavier Woods wasn't in the King of the Ring match, which we won't have that 
that's going to be on Raw this coming week. So we are not going to know if he wins, if, if Kofi's in it. We don't really know who's in it because those that first well, round we, on Raw still have hasn't the, happened. We do have the bracket. Yes. So we know that Sammy and Finn have advanced. They'll face each other yes. uh, next week and or whenever the next round is. I'm whatever. assuming next SmackDown. The other side of this bracket is Jinder and Kofi mm-hmm. and Xavier Woods and Ricochet. And I would imagine that Xavier Woods will beat Ricochet and that would mean that in the second round, Xavier Woods would either face Jinder or Kofi Kingston. I think that if he went against Kofi, it would be a fun match. They would have a good time doing it. They would still give us a good match. And then Kofi would give it to Woods because Woods deserves this win. He deserves to be the king of the ring and not just win a couple of brackets, make it to the semifinals. Like, I do have this feeling it is going to be Finn Balor versus Xavier Woods for the King of the Ring in the finals. And I don't feel that way. I want it to be Xavier Woods so bad for him to win the King of the Ring. And then I saw that Finn Balor was in it, and I realized that Xavier Woods is not going to win this tournament. And if he does face Kofi Kingston in the second round, I honestly think he's going to lose to Ricochet. Um,. Just because... Well, even the last match that he had, he was like, he won, and everybody popped, mm-hmm. and then he was like, give me the crown, give me the crown, and I, I mean, you started saying it then when you were just like, fuck, he's not gonna win. Xavier Woods should win. He should he win! Should, and he should definitely beat Ricochet. Oh, right? I quit. But, like, if we're gonna set up Xavier Woods versus Kofi, it would be a great match. I would love to see these two actually have a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be awesome. And I think that it would make plenty of sense that Xavier Woods could beat Kofi, mm-hmm. right? But I just don't, I don't know. I, I could see Xavier Woods getting to at least the finals. They have, I just don't see him beating Finn Balor. Like, they have to understand what the crowd wants by now. He ha- Like, they have to know that. All yeah, but they're of, not, They as in the writers, the creative team. It's not and a Kofi-mania kind of thing. I know. I know. There hasn't been enough of, like of a build to it. If the fans really get behind him and not just on social media, and like the actual crowd is chanting for Woods when he faces uh, Ricochet or King God, Woods, God, I hope they do. It's all up to really like the fan reaction, like because they will go yeah, with like Vince, at least Woods to the finals. Vince I just don't does think have this thing about like hearing what the crowd wants and then doing the opposite so i am worried about that but i'm just hoping that they just hear us and they go oh and even xavier he wants it he's vocalized that he wants it like, but he also you know vince doesn't let people even win in their hometown so why would he give xavier what he wants you also have to think finn bauer has gone by the prince mm-hmm. that's and what he's i'm gone saying as the demon king will the prince turn into the like, king he could be king balor and it just I feel like that is where we're going to go to. Xavier Woods would be the most entertaining of any of these options. For sure. By far. Like, I don't think Finn would be an entertaining king, and I don't think Finn needs to be the king. But I think he's going to win it. The Queen's crown, however, at this point, I don't even care. They only did the first round, and I already hate the Queen's crown tournament. Yes. So, in the first round, we had Zelina Vega versus Tony Storm, and for some reason, Zelina Vega won that. Big mistake. Doesn't Actually, make any sense to me. Um... Love Zelina Vega. She's great. Just, I don't understand how you go from, like, she lost for, what, like, two years straight, basically? Mm-hmm. And then she beats Tony Storm, who 
This is like the first, we barely see her. Like she debuts, we don't see her anywhere other than backstage. Dolph Ziggler hits on her backstage, and then she comes back for a minute. Of a match here, and Tony loses, and then we get Liv Morgan and Carmella. Also, maybe three minutes long. Yeah, very good match again. Wearing that dumb mask again, and then on the Raw side, which you know we haven't seen yet, it's Dewdrop versus Natalia and. Dana Brooke versus Shayna Baszler. So I've been saying it since before I knew who was in this, and I will say it now. Shayna Baszler, I want to win. She's the only one I want to win. I do like that we have two queens in there with the Queen of Hearts and the Queen of Spades. But Shayna Baszler's going to win this, and you heard it here a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, so I think that they've already set up Dewdrop versus Shayna. Yes. Right? Because Shayna was beating up whoever, and... Dewdrop came down to help and, like, didn't back down from Shayna Baszler. So you already have that second round match, like, pretty much locked up, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah, I think you're just going to get Shayna versus Carmella and Shayna wins. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I want Shayna, I wanted her to win this before. I want her now to win it now that I know she's in it. And we can move on to AEW. We have a AEW Dynamite which opened with an eight-man tag team match. So we had Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus versus Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks. This is this has been recurring, still a banger after a banger after a banger. And it started with them all in the ring, no intros. I thought that was weird. Come to find out they were later streaming the intros. I don't know. But Luchasaurus... <laughs> <laughs> like... That man, he's so big. Yeah. And, like, he shouldn't be able to do the things he does. So, Luchasaurus, in this match, at one point, and, like, the Philly crowd is hot. Yeah. I'm so mad we weren't there. Huge Adam Cole pop. Everybody's into just, like, the entire night. Rampage and Dynamite included. And at one point, Luchasaurus gets into the ring and I noticed the crowd didn't make a single noise. No, he made like a, Luchasaurus. he did some sort of well, move. He tagged, no, he tagged in. Right. And there was like, he gets this hot tag and nobody even gives a shit. Mm-mm. And then over the course of the next minute and a half, Luchasaurus proceeded to get every single person in that arena. Like out on of their, their seat. feet. Yeah. And like, it just, it turned from zero to 60. And I was just really impressed that Luchasaurus went from having no reaction to all of the reaction. Mm-hmm. Just in a 90-second split. Yep, and then Adam Cole turned around and pinned Jungle Boy. As he should. As he should. We love us some Adam Cole, and he's doing really well where he's at. I think, yeah, he's just, he's so incredibly over. Everything about him works, and everybody in that whole, in everybody in that match was incredible, mm-hmm. and they are pretty much the top of the pile in terms of AEW. And then we get to one of the four pillars of AEW, as MJF uh, crowned him, Sammy Guevara. Now, we did not talk about this last week. I don't know why. We've said it a million times that we we're a Miro household, and for some reason... Yeah, maybe, we totally missed it. You know what? Maybe, like, subconsciously, we, we were in denial. Because last week, Sammy Guevara beat Miro for the TNT Championship. And it's fine. I'm not happy about it, but it's fine. Also, I really like Sammy, so it is fine. Yeah. But we did just totally neglect that last week. So this match between Sammy and Bobby Fish is for this championship. Because Bobby Fish is here from from NL... I can't talk. From MLW. (laughs) Yeah, so Sammy Guevara wins this match last week for the TNT Championship against Miro. 
And almost immediately after Bobby Fish tweets him Mm -hmm. uh, that he's ready to step through the forbidden door. Bobby Fish, recently departed from NXT, now signed to MLW, is walking through that forbidden door and is now also working with AEW. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for it. Great match. Sammy Guevara gets the win. It's just a perfect... Like, Bobby Fish is one of those guys that you just... Like we talked about with Chris, Raquel Gonzalez. There's just certain guys that you feed to uh, talent to get them over, mm-hmm. to make them look better. Bobby Fish is a perfect guy for that for Sammy Guevara. Now, I worked. I loved this because we've said it before, like the Philly wrestling crowd is amazing. And this is one of the things that I just laughed so hard at because a bunch of people end up coming out and attacking Sammy. Yeah, like Scorpio Sky Dan and then Lambert nonsense yes. again. Dan Lambert with Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page and like the American Top yes. team. And then Fuego and Jericho and uh Jack Hager. I have to remember what his name or Jake Hager Jack, Jack Swagger. Swagger. <laughs> but Jack Swagger comes out. Those three come out and they're all going back and forth. And then Dan Lambert is on the mic and Philly is booing so loud. And between the boos, there's the shut the fuck up chant. Mm-hmm. And then we cannot hear, even as audience at home cannot hear what Dan Lambert is saying. And it's something about going to a match in Miami, but when, by the time Jericho gets on the mic, even he's laughing. Like, I can't hear you. Yeah, nobody heard what you said. Nobody heard what you said. But like, yeah, Philly just, just erupted. I just don't care about it. Mm-mm. It's just a waste of all the people involved, and it's just it's just silly to me. And you're going to have, I think it's Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Junior Dos Santos, who's the former UFC heavyweight champion, against Chris Jericho and Jack Swagger and somebody else. It's just a whole mess. It's a hodgepodge. I don't like this American Top Team stuff. Because it's just, it's again, I talked about this last week. When you try to mix real with not real, it all just looks silly. Mm-hmm. Like you have these real yeah, professional MMA well. fighters. No, it's just, because we know, we are wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. We know that it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and we know that what the pro wrestling guys, or what the MMA guys are doing in here is bullshit. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's... It's not the same. It's hard to cross over. Yeah, it's like there's guys that can cross over, but it's just, you have to be able easy. to work the sports entertainment Exactly. Side. And as much as AEW is professional wrestling, and they are the best professional wrestling company in the world, it's just, we don't need the MMA mixture of it. Um, and then, I mean, Dante Martin comes out. He wants to issue an open challenge. People are very high on Dante Martin. You know who's not hot, high on Dante Martin? Uh, Malachi Black. Yo, the lights went out and he just appeared right behind him. And then he uses his black mist again. And then he hits him with a black mask. And then the lights go out again. And I'm like, oh shit, is is Malachi just going to be like out now? And the lights come back on. And Malachi Black's still in the ring. But Dante is no longer in the ring. Yeah, so they killed off Dante Martin on uh, (laughs) on Dynamite. Yeah, but Malachi Black accepts this challenge. That's a plus. And then all of a sudden, Leo rushes backstage, and he's cutting a promo about how Dante Martin should, like, take his help. Like, I guess he wants to be his trainer or his manager or something, but I'm hella confused because didn't Leo Rush retire, like, two weeks ago? Uh, so this is a public service announcement for all of our listeners. We don't care about Leo Rush. Not even in the slightest. Um, we're also huge challenge fans on MTV. Leo Rush was on MTV The Challenge last <laughs> season and then quit. Um, and then he retired from wrestling 
and like it's just all but now he's here now he's here and he's like a manager i guess it it's all very weird he's doing like financial advice um you know who i do care about on aew though darby allen yeah i love that man and he went against uh nick camarado and darby allen wins this and then later when darby allen goes to leave there's like a big limo blocking the exit like outside and he stops and gets attacked from behind with a chair and we're assuming that it's Sean Spears, but this. Whoa, ma- whoa, 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 whoa. F- hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm not going to let you just do this. So, oh, I'm doing this. I'm so going to do it the whole Darby time. Darby Allen was attacked by four men in black in masks. We don't know who they are. First off, it was mostly the first. The first attack was by a chair from the back. Yes, this man was in a black ski mask, mm-hmm. wearing all black. So we have no idea who they are. This man was Sean Spears. Then four more guys, or a few more guys, three more guys, get out of. The big limo wearing black ski masks, also in all black, and there is zero doubt in my mind that this is FTR, Wardlow, and then Spears takes the camera from the camera guy and is recording all of it. They all attack Darby Allen. Yeah. Then the last guy gets out of the car, mm-hmm. and he's wearing all black in a black ski mask, and this is MJF. This is all alleged. <laughs> um, we are not ones to just accuse people of assault in this way with no actual proof um Um, the guy that got out of that limo did just have the presence (laughs) of an mjf um just somehow uh, like it's so funny that like this guy gets out of the car and just like that motherfucker is a lot like mjf just walking it that's because it was mjf but we don't know who it was it was mjf it was ftr it was wardlow and it was sean spears it was those men they attacked darby allen and then they left him for death in the back streets of philly as if that poor boy wouldn't just been like taken or hurt they should have Somebody needed to take him over to the hospital, and He's instead fine. they left him there, and but they got I'll back in what, their limo, and they left. There are some guys that needed to go to the hospital after this ladder match. <laughs> yeah, they should have just loaded this, Darby Allen up and then go back and wait for the the rest of the ladder match and then load the rest of them up, too. This ladder match was for an AEW championship opportunity. Yeah. And it's, we're going to start with two people every however many seconds. Yeah. More people are going to come out, more people are going to come out, and then there's a Joker at the end, nobody knows who it is, right? We start this match with Orange Cassidy and Pac. Yes, and Orange Cassidy comes out with our friend Franklin. Yeah, from the 76ers. And uh, we start out with Orange Cassidy and Pac. We get Andrade out next, followed by Matt Hardy, followed by Lance Archer, followed by John Moxley, and then... The Joker. Mm-hmm. Hangman Adam Page gets a massive pop Everybody from the Philly crowd. Everybody went crazy. Absolutely attempts murder on Pac, and with his, like, I mean, that move off the off the ladder through the table. There were so many times, that even, like, Matt Hardy did a move off of a ladder through a table, and he's been, like, posting, like, oh, I'm the table ladder and chair, chair like, god and yeah. like he is he's hardy and they really are when it comes to the ladders but like mm, stop doing those things bud yeah like andrade took a really bad fall on a ladder outside the ring but i mean the moment of the match was the return of hangman adam page and he gets the win yep he is the winner and he now gets a chance at the title and yeah we don't know when that is nope. we don't know how that works at all um but we continue the two-year-long journey of Hangman Adam Page to get to that AEW World Championship. 
And the other big moment in this show on Dynamite, of course, is CM Punk. Right. He comes out. He delivers a promo. Happy to be here. And he gives Philly the option. He will buy everyone in the Leacora Center cheesesteaks, or he'll wrestle later. I couldn't really decipher what the crowd wanted more, but CM Punk decides that, you know what, they can buy their own cheesesteaks, he's going to wrestle later. And he wants Daniel Garcia. Yeah. And he's going to get Daniel Garcia on Rampage. Surprise! Sorry, Daniel, you lose. Yeah, CM Punk obviously won that match. He's he's going to be on a winning streak for a little bit. Yeah, CM Punk gets the win. Obviously, he remains undefeated. Lucha Brothers are going to face the acclaimed for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Max Caster and the other one <laughs> <laughs> lose to the Lucha Brothers because mm-hmm. the Lucha Brothers are the best tag team in the world. Sky Blue is going to take on Jade Cargill. Not for long. Not for very long. I know that some people are like really high on Sky Blue. I no, it, not us. Like, I guess, like, she's cute. I am a Jade Cargill girl all the way. Jade Cargill's got something, man. I've said it on this podcast already. I like her whole presence. She gets a quick win over Sky Blue, and she has never lost in okay. AEW. Good for her. So, Talented. I don't know what point we get into a championship mix. Hopefully uh, There's soon. a TBS cool. championship that is around now mm-hmm. that will be, I guess, like, one way down the road. They haven't really announced... Well, because be it's getting moved over to TBS, they're going to have to win. They already showed us what the title is, so that's going to be probably the next thing they announce next week. Like, and each week they've been announcing something with TBS. The main event was Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage in a Philly street fight for the FTW Championship. Ricky Starks picks up the win with so much help so from much Hobbs help. and Hook. and He had to do that. Fucking Brian Cage is... Literally twice this man's size. Brian Cage is made of creatine and protein powder. It's like, ins- this man came out and I was literally just like, he's so big. This man is just a, yeah, he's just, he's, he's just, just huge. He's just a big old guy. Yeah. And just a muscle meat mountain. And it took three men, Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs, had to come out and help Ricky Starks in order for him to get this and win. And Cage keeps taking these L's, man, and I just don't get it. From a standpoint of, like, this is a fucking huge guy. Yeah, why are we not winning? I get that, you know, you're going to cheat to get the belt off him, and then you're going to cheat to keep the belt off him, but, like, move him on to something else and get him some wins already, because it's just, he's losing steam with whatever he was. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's another solid match. I'm not huge on Ricky Starks. I actually prefer Brian Cage. But that was AEW Dynamite. And Rampage, and SmackDown, and Raw, and NXT. We covered the and draft. The draft. Crown Jewel is on its way. We're like a week and a half away uh, from it. It's so weird. It's going to be on a Thursday, but we're going to have a bonus episode up for that. So keep an eye out. I'm not sure exactly what day it'll be because it falls on a Thursday. Kind of throws me off a little bit. But keep an eye on our social media at HeBookSheBook. We'll post on there about when to have the, when we will have the bonus episode up. And really just subscribe, listen, check us out every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, guys.